0: Um, What's up? Welcome to the Formula E podcast. My name is Homer Ruth and I host the show. Oh, I'm excited to do this because I started loving Formula E a few days back and I love podcasting. In fact, I do. I'm a diehard Formula One fan and I do have a Formula One podcast dedicated to that. It's called Z. F one amateur podcast. You can find it on all podcasting platforms, and I do have another podcast about the beauty of Uganda because I am from Uganda. It's called Z Humara Show, but anyway, let's talk about Z Formula E podcast. Now, a few days back, I was seated um, in the living room and I was bored, and the motorsport channel was on, and I had been just I was going through my phone, and then the Formula E races came on and the motorsport channels. So I just watched a couple of them. At first I was like, I don't like mo I don't like Formula E. Actually from the beginning, because I love Formula One, I was like, ah, there's no way I can actually love Formula E. Because it's like a Formula One is the only Formula Sport that I'm gonna love. It's the pinnacle of motorsport. It's gorgeous, it's lovely, it's exciting, it's exhilarating, it's intense, it's <gasps> can I even go on? <laughs> anyway. So I watched a, a documentary on Formula E. They've been running those documentaries, those races on the Motorsport Channel. So I watched a few of them and I loved the sport after them. First of all, I love what Formula E stands for and that's bringing awareness to climate change. Some of the things they talked about in that documentary, I didn't know. Um, There was a particular episode or segment of the documentary where we got to see um, is Degrassi Luca Luca Degrassi is he's, um, he's a Formula E champion. We'll talk about later. He was visiting cities in the world, and you know talking about climate change and pollution, how much, you know, carbon footprint our cars live in our world. And he visited this, I will never forget when he visited India and there was this mountain of trash. I am not exaggerating. You People were living in the valley and there was this mountain of trash. And it wasn't a mountain made by, you know, nature. It was just trash being piled and piled and piled to the point it became a sort of like a mountain. You could climb up you know, that mountain, you probably needed a car to get to the top, and there were poor people living around it, and, you know, there were, obviously, there was a lot of disease, not a lot of disease, but you obviously know that people do get diseases from that, because he actually interviewed a few people around, and they were talking about how, you know, there was a particular old Indian lady who talked about her husband was a mechanic in a shop, and he got an infection that got to his respiratory system, and he fell very ill, and he couldn't provide for the family anymore, and... You know, Luca was being given a um, a tour of this place, and I, I I was concerned because I am I live in this world, and my children live in the, will live in this world. I don't have kids yet, and my family lives in this world. And even then, we as human people, we live in this world, and it's our responsibility to take care of the planet that God has given us. But I saw that, and I was I was moved, and I loved what Formula E stands for. I feel like it does. it's not trying to compete with Formula 1. That's what I had thought initially. But it's actually bringing awareness to climate change. And believe it or not, like Luca Degrassi said, um, electric cars are the future. Like, whether you want it or not, we're actually going to go to the future of electric cars. And it may sound, you know, hard to accept at first because people are like, oh, they take a longer time to charge, but they actually take less time to charge. Or this and that, this and that, but... With time the technology has improved and the cars are getting better, they're more comfortable, I think. I've not sat in an electric car before. And most importantly it serves our planet because if they actually even talked about, um part of that documentary talked about how during the COVID pandemic when people weren't allowed to travel the lockdown, there was less um carbon pollution in the atmosphere, in our atmosphere compared to when, you know, cars when there was no lockdown. So during, during the COVID pandemic, I remember I think India saw, I think, 64% reduction in carbon pollution in their atmosphere, I should say. And then other cities, London, I think, so like 6% below um, different parts of the world. I can't I'd remember all of them. New York had a reduction in the carbon pollution. And I was like, this is a beautiful thing that Formula E is doing. It goes beyond just racing for fun. It also brings this awareness that we all need to know regardless of what age, what gender, what race, what country or place we live in. I I felt very, very, you know, impacted by it because I did know, you know, I know that there's need for climate change, but the way Formula E brought it out for me, it, made me, you know, pay attention more, it made me wake up more and I am grateful to that sport for doing that. Now I love Formula One. I always love Formula One and now I love Formula E. Probably always love Formula E. And another thing, you know, I love the awareness that comes with Formula E, racing for a good cause and all that. But enough of this sentimental talk. Let's get into Formula E. So I'm just gonna explain what I understand about Formula E and if you've listened to my Formula One podcast you'll probably know how from the formula e podcast will be going so it would just be you know every week i produce an episode and you get to listen to it It will be in line with formula e an exciting news the very first formula e race of the 2021 calendar is happening on friday in saudi arabia at night oh yes baby we are having a night race i love night races in formula one i always look forward to the singapore night race and the Bahrain night race so this is going to be exciting and whew, it's going to blow my mind away. For the first time, I'm going to watch a Formula E race live. I'm not going to watch an old race show because I always used to watch old, the older races. So I'm going to watch it live and I'm going to be there and, <laughs> and I'm going to be cheering on. Right now, my favorite drivers are Stoffel Von Dawn that's for Mercedes, and then Luca Di Grassi. Now, those are the two different teams, but whatever. I just love them. So... <laughs> Um, I think I love Luca because I watched. I got introduced to Formula E by watching a documentary on him traveling around the world, bringing awareness to climate change. And I love Stoffel Vandoorne because he raced for Mercedes. No, he's a reserve driver for Mercedes in Formula One, so you get that whole love thing coming in there. But welcome to the podcast. Now let's talk about Formula E, what it entails, what it is exactly. Now, just like Formula One, I will compare it a bit to Formula One. Kinda easier to understand that way, I guess. It's a single-seater motorsport championship that is that is sanctioned by the FIA. So it's safe, it's cool, <laughs> and if it's it's amazing. The idea was conceived uh, by Jean Todt. Tod, Taud, I probably don't pronounce the T, by Jean Todd, who is an official at FIA. But then, I think there was in two thousand and eleven, but then it didn't come to being until two thousand and fourteen when we had the very first you know formula e um racer race races happening that was in two thousand and fourteen probably September in Beijing was probably the first race I'm guessing. And you probably see this a lot everywhere. It's always like Formula E ABB Championship or ABB Formula E Championship. And I always wondered, what does the ABB stand for? It's everywhere. But I Googled it and this is what came up. ABB is a Swedish, hmm, I just said Swedish, is a Swedish Swiss multinational corporation in Switzerland that operates mainly in electrical equipment, robotics, and automation technology areas. It has been a global Fortune 500 company for 24 years. And it makes sense for it to be invested in Formula E because they deal in electrical, you know, equipment, technology, automation technology, and robotics. So, makes sense. Now, a Formula E, this season has 12 teams. And each team has two drivers, kind of like F1. So, you have a total of 24 drivers on the grid this 2021 seasons now the cars do look like the formula one cars but do not be fooled the cars are fully electric and each team all the teams have the same cars Although when you look at the car from the outside, it looks different from another team's. But that difference comes in with, you know, the livery design and the brands, the sponsor brands on the cars themselves. But the cars are actually the same when it comes to the mechanics underneath them, which kind of makes it competitive. Because when it comes to Formula One, the cars are different. (laughs) I'm going to compare this to Formula One a lot. I'm sorry. So let's talk about the cars. When it comes to Formula One, the cars are different, like I said before. Um... Probably didn't say this, but, you know, Mercedes, in Formula 1 teams, you have, like, let me say, Mercedes having a budget of $400 million, uh, or and then Williams having a budget of $150 million. So, obviously, the performances of a car differ because of the budgets that they have. But when it comes to Formula E, the cars all perform on the same level, because underneath them, they're all the same. So, it makes the driving a bit more competitive. I also love the fact that you're not sure who's going to win the race. I watched... Um, rounds of Formula E and there was a round when um Olivier Roland won the race and then the next round he was in the bottom and then you'd see Luca Degasi former champion being at the bottom and not actually being classified in the race and then you see someone like von Don winning a race he won his first Formula E race last season so that gives it a bit of an age and more interesting not more interesting than formula one i always love formula one but yeah it's interesting in that sense and by the way when i say that formula e does race for climate to raise awareness towards climate change and also give the funds a sporting series while reducing the carbon footprint and you know bringing awareness to electric cars because they are the future and all that doesn't mean that formula one is doing the opposite (laughs) in fact Formula One is actually developing more and more and actually reducing its carbon footprint in the atmosphere as well in the world that we live in. The fuel needed to run all the teams in a Formula One race is actually the amount of fuel you'd use for a plane flying from I think Europe to Middle East. That's a very short distance, and that's fuel for all the 20 cars. So you guess you see how they're reducing on the fuel. Um, usage reducing on the carbon footprint, the engines have been developed right now. Formula One uses um, turbo hybrid engines, they use lesser fuel, so lesser carbon footprint. But you know, let's not get into that. If you want Formula One, just go to f one amateur podcast and you'll find that there. So, I will still talk about Formula E. So, the cars are powered by two electric motors that are supplied by a battery in the middle and they perform exactly the same. So, if you're in the Jaguar team, you perform. You know, like the other team does perform. I'm not so conversant with the teams. I'm still learning them, but I do love it. Then the other thing, the Formula E races, the FE races, take place in street circuits, usually in cities that are advocates for um, climate change. So you see races in Saudi Arabia, like the race that's happening on Friday, New York City, Monaco, Hong Kong, Zurich, Paris, Rome. Those are the cities that the races take place in berlin last week not last week last season we did have the finals in berlin so in cities that are in support of climate change you probably will find a formula e race another thing i noticed is that formula e takes place on temporary street circuits so these are not exactly circuits that are built for formula e per se but they're being converted at times to accommodate formula e formula E is relatively new it's very young it um, started in 2014, that makes it about 6 years, 7 years, because this is season 7 that we're starting in 2021, so it's really young. And um, so there are not many circuits that have really been built specifically for Formula E. I also noticed that the race on the circuits that are quite shorter compared to Formula 1. A Formula E circuit will be like 1.9 kilometers to like 3.5 kilometers, that's about 1 to 2 miles long. And a Formula 1 circuit will be like 5 kilometers or plus long so but it's still fun it's still fun i'm going to talk about that in a bit Did i talk about the fact that you know drivers are racing in different teams but we you know with the same um car setup so that kind of gives you a different winner for every race it's interesting because i watched a few rounds of formula e and um there was a round because look at the grass Grassy was a champion sometime back He's my favorite because he's the one I first got to know, <laughs> but yeah, there were races he would be at the top and then races he would be at the bottom, and you don't understand that. If you go to Formula One, it's very hard for Lewis to be at the bottom and then be at the top in the next race. He'll always be in one place, like probably the top. But yeah, I loved that, and then you'd see someone like Stoffel Vandoorne. Um, in the other races, he'd be like eleven, nine. That's his position. 10 p10 p9 p11 and then the le- the next race he wins it so that's quite interesting and i think that's attributed to the fact that the cars are the same so it comes down to you as a driver how do you manage your battery how do you manage your energy which is something else that I love about Formula E because they run on battery powered cars so you have to you know use your battery well you start off with 100% energy how you use the energy towards the end is up to you and the timing of the races is like this usually it's 45 minutes plus a lap so you go out the cars go out on the circuit and race for 45 minutes at the end of 45 minutes they get they get an extra lap so as a Formula E driver, it's up to you. You don't need to overlap like people do in Formula 1. Formula 1, you can get overlapped because Formula 1 can have 50 laps. So, if I, it, as I do my 50 laps and I find you moving slowly, I can still overlap you. In Formula E, you don't have to do that because it's pointless. You're actually wasting your energy. But... You have to keep going for 45 minutes and then give an extra lap. So your goal is to have the foremost position as you race while conserving energy. So you could be at, you know, 2% fuel and you're number one. You don't have to keep going so, so, so fast to reach the people at the back and overtake them, but you have to go fast enough to be number one forever until the race ends. So which is something that I love. You know, there were times (laughs) I was seeing the, the energy, you know, levels on the sides of the uh, on this dashboard that you see as you watch the race on TV and I would see let me say one percent energy left and my heart is pounding and I'm like, Lord please don't let the car go below one percent please don't let the car and you know other people are breathing down my favorite race was when Stoffel van Don and other people and um, in that race um van uh-huh, Nick van D- his teammate I don't know how to pronounce his name but Nick was, you know, protecting him from the back, you know, so that the other teams don't actually come and overtake the leader. But it was intense because he was left with, like, 1%. And at a point, it got to 0.09%. And I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, just finished the damn thing. And, you know, this side, the clock is winding down. But even if the clock winds down and the 45 minutes are done, you still have that extra lap to do. And so you're nervous. So I love that intensity about it. Quite interesting, if you ask me. Quite interesting. A sport to watch. So... Now let's break it down how it happens. Unlike Formula 1, Formula 1 happens over three days. Formula E happens over one day. So you have practice, qualifying, and the race day taking place all in one day. I think that's very, um, if you ask me, I think that's very intense. Because when it comes to me, a viewer, I prefer the Formula 1 schedule where I know like Friday there's practice, I watch practice at this and this time Saturday I watch qualifying at this and this time Sunday I watch the race but when it comes to Formula E I feel like you need to have the whole day dedicated to it which makes it hard but nonetheless it's also nice in the fact that you get done with it one day when it comes I think to like buying tickets I think that would be like very economical because you buy for one day but probably you still buy for different Segmental parts of the day I'm not so sure about that but everything happening in one day is good and bad to me good because you know you get done with it in one day but bad like if I have work I can actually sit the whole day at work and watch you know practice qualifying and then the race and yet that's what I love to do when it comes to my formula when I watch every session that I can do that because it's on different days but I think I'll find a way around that So, yeah, this is what happens. A race day starts at around 10.30 a.m. And you have free practice, which lasts for 45 minutes. Then you have your second practice session, which lasts for 30 minutes. They have two practice sessions. And during these practice sessions, the drivers can use full qualifying power output. So that can be about 250 kilowatts. Then later on, you have a qualifying session, which takes place at about like 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. It's one hour qualifying session. Like F1, F1 has one hour qualifying session. And here the drivers are divided into four groups of six with each group having, you know, with each driver having six minutes to, st- to set their fastest lap. Like in F1 qualifying, when you go out into the circuit, you have to set your fastest lap because that will help determine which position you start on on the grid. Now, the first group consists of the six drivers currently leading the championship, followed by the next in the championship, and then the next like that, like that, like that. And then later on in the day, you have the race. And I told you the race happens like forty-five minutes plus one lap. Those are the races that I've seen anyway. But apparently you can have a race for 15 minutes as well. And yeah, 45 minutes. So you run around in a circuit 45 minutes and you get an extra lap. And then the winner at the end of all that is the winner of the race. And for the first time, by the way, Formula e is going to have a night race. They never they've never really had night races before. But for the first time, they're going to have a night race, which is going to have, be on this Friday in Diriyah in Saudi Arabia. Oh, the words rhyme. The names rhyme. So it's kind of exciting to see that happen in the night. I think I love my favorite races are always in the night. Even in Formula One, my favorite races are always in the night. Because, I don't know, I just feel like it looks nice in the night. And if you win the race in the night, it's so dope. You can just go out and, you know, party throughout the morning. Through to the morning. Although I'm not a party person, but yeah. Now, when it comes to points being awarded, it's done the standard FIA way. It's done the way points are awarded in Formula 1 as well. So you have the first driver getting 25 points at the end of the race. The second driver getting 18 points. The third driver getting 15 points. The fourth driver getting 12 points. The fifth driver getting 10 points. Sixth driver getting 8 points. Seventh driver getting 6 points. 8th driver getting 4 points, ninth driver getting 2 points, and the 10th driver getting a point. Outside that 10 point, um, if you finish outside the top 10, you don't get a point. But if you set the fastest lap as a driver in the race, and you're actually in the top 10, you do get a bonus point, just like Formula 1. And if you are a driver and you secure the pole position, you also get 3 points extra. Now, like... Formula E is like Formula 1. I guess you even hear the name Formula E. E for electric. Then there's Formula 1 but it does have the same championships as well you have the driver championships and the team championships the driver championships you you know as a driver you compete to get so many points because at the end of it you you know you come you come number 1 in driver standings or you come number 2 it gives you a better position in the driver standings when it comes to the team the team has two drivers who have to work hard to score good enough points that would know set them higher than the other teams in the uh, in the team constructors championships so you know, as a team, you want your drivers to perform well. And as a driver, you want to perform well, to be high in the championship standings and to just be a good driver because who wants to be losing in a race? Now, another thing that Formula E has that's interesting is the attack mode. I'm not so conversant with the attack mode. I'm still learning to understand it, but it's it happens, I think in the race the attack they open the attack mode window something like that in a race and that's when a driver gets an additional twenty five kilowatts of power when they drive through a certain it's like a corner of sorts a certain corner of sorts and that kinda that extra power gives them you know you know ability to overtake and pass someone but that attack mode could be like for four minutes you only have four minutes or is it 4 minutes or less than 4 minutes? So you use up your attack mode wisely. You don't want to use it in the beginning of the season. Because why? In the beginning of the race. Because you. Use, I feel like you're using power as well. And why are you doing that? Why are you attacking very early? But then you don't want to use it towards the end. Because everyone at the end is pushing so hard. So it also comes in, you know, with your team. Your racing strategy as a team has to be very good. Another interesting thing about Formula E is that it allows fans to participate in the racing. Fans do actually influence the outcome of the race through the fan boost. Now, three of the 20 drivers who are going to race get a boost in power when it comes to racing day on the race day, exactly, through fans voting for them via the Fan Boost app. Is it the Fan Boost app? Actually, just voted. Me, I went to fanboost.com. I did... I googled Formula E, Stefano Von Doen, Fan Boost, and then I voted for him. And you can also use the app. So, Fan Boost is basically extra power, about 100 kgs of extra energy. Now, kg, not KG, kg is 100 kgs of extra energy, which a driver can, be, can use in a race to overtake, you know. It's just a cool thing. It's like playing a game to me. So... As a fan, you vote for your favorite driver online and then you help them get a five-second power fan boost. Usually the fan boost uh, voting begins six days before the event and then it closes after the opening of the race, 15 minutes into the race then. The fan boost voting closes, and the drivers get to use their fan boost in the second half of the race. So let me say if I vote stuff of Andon, stuff of Andon, stuff of Andon a lot, because I can keep voting every day. I just voted today, stuff of Andon. You can vote for your driver. Um, if he gets, if he's top three when it comes to fan boost voting, when it comes to the race in Saudi Arabia in Diria on Friday, second half part of the race, he'll be given five seconds to use that extra heat of energy to help him win the race so you see you can actually interact with the drivers that way which is quite exciting now that's pretty much what i know about formula e um last year 2020 the reigning champion has been antonio felix da costa Quite interesting actually. I saw a race in which he won, then I saw another race in which he was at the bottom, he wasn't even classified. That's the thing I told you about Formula E. I feel like it's hard to win a championship there. But the very first Formula E championship winner was is Nelson Piquet Jr. Now you may know him, he was in Formula One. And then he had a saga a bit of saga there in formula 1 with the Renault team and his dad is a three-time formula 1 world champion nelson piquet but anyway he was a first formula e champion now antonio felix de costa is a reigning championship in champion in formula e and as of 2020 from 2020 through 2021 to the other seasons coming forward the formula e championship will officially become an FIA world championship so before it wasn't actually fia world championship now it is fia world championship so well done to everyone there so let me give you a breakdown of the teams in formula e you can pick your favorite driver you can pick a driver best in the name i mean that's how i would love soccer I would, you know listen to the name of a driver and then you note know, the name of a player and so can be like that name sounds nice i'm gonna support this one but yeah my favorite i'll tell you later so here are some of the teams in formula e so we have nissan e adams that's a formula e team the drivers are sebastian buemi and oliver Rowland. oliver is british at least i remember that and he won a race in 2020 i saw that Then you have another team team number two envision virgin racing um now i'm not oh so, well, yeah envision virgin racing the drivers are robin friggins and nick cassidy then you have bmw andretti drivers are max Milliam. Ganta, and then you have jake dennis as well then you have porsche i don't know how to pronounce that i used to pronounce that that, that car brand is porsche but apparently it's porsche or porsche i have forgotten how to pronounce it but the drivers are andrea lotera and pascal Wehrlein. pascal Wehrlein was in formula one another team you have is mahindra the drivers are alexander sims and alex lynn Then another team is, I don't know how to pronounce this, but it's NIO333. The drivers are Oliver Teve, and then there's Tom Blumkovitz. And then you have Venturi Racing. The drivers are Eduardo Motara and Norman Nato. Now, I love Venturi Racing because, listen to this, the team principal for Venturi Racing is Susie Wolf. That's a female in motorsport. We don't have many females leading in motorsport, and the bonuses. She's married to Toto Wolff, team principal of Mercedes Formula One team. Now another team we do have is Dragon Penske Autosport. Drivers are Nico Mula and Sergio Set Kamara. Another team. Some these are the teams that I'm a bit familiar with. We have um, Diaz Techeetah, and drivers are Jean Eric Van. I know that one, and Antonio Felix da Costa. I just told you he's reigning champion. And then you have the Mercedes EQ team. The drivers are Nick DeVries and Stoffel Vandoorne. Then you have the ODFE team. Drivers are Lucas Degrassi and Ren Ross. And then you have the Jaguar team. And the drivers are Mitch Evans and Sam Bird. Those are some of the drivers in Formula E. I struggled with the names there. If I pronounce the names wrongly, I am sorry. So, so, sorry. But yeah. Another reason I love Formula E is because it's an outlet for Formula One. Like if you don't make it in Formula One, then you can try Formula E. You probably will make it. A lot of drivers from Formula One have moved to Formula E. Um Felipe Massa has done Formula E. Um I remember Felipe Massa was close to be he actually was the driver who was a world champion for 40 seconds in Formula One before Lewis took the championship from him. 40 seconds, it was that intense. He actually won the race, and he was crowned champion. And for 40 seconds, his family was celebrating. He was world champion in Formula 1. But then Lewis um, took up the fifth position, and so Felipe Massa lost the championship. It's such a long story, you Find it on ZF1 Amateur Podcast. And then Stoffel Vandoorne, Stoffel Vandoorne raced in Formula 1. And now he became a Mercedes Reserve driver. Now he moved to Formula E. And he just won his first race in Formula E. So, yeah. And then Alex Albon was due to join Formula E. But then he moved to Formula 1. So, And then you have Pascal Walling. I just think I mispronounced his name. But uh, he was in Formula 1. I think he was racing for, is it Sauber or Alfa Sauber? I am not sure of the, I am trying to really think. Pascal was racing in Formula 1 under uh, which team? For Sauber, yeah, for Sauber. That was in 2017 when he left formula one but yeah that's pretty much why i love formula e so keep up with the podcast after every race or during a race i will post a podcast publish a podcast uh breaking down the race for you what happened in the race why you should love formula e why you should be a fan of formula e not just because you love motorsports but because you also want to raise awareness for climate change you know the small things that you can do the kid you know make our planet safer you can recycle whatever Product or paper bag or polythene bag that you're using, you can stop the littering, you know, unnecessary pollution. You can stop that. You don't have to drive a car every day to work. You can walk to work if your workplace is near or if it's advised, if it's actually allowed for you to do that. So, you can do, you can play a big part when it comes to climate change. And that's one of the reasons I love Formula E. Now, I'll see you next week, not next week, Friday or Saturday, as I podcast about the winner of the race. What are your predictions for the winning team this Friday? You can let me know. You can get in touch with me. My telephone number is 256 Or you can send me an email. My email address is zformularepodcast podcast gmail. Or you can find me on social media. Just look for Z Formula E podcast on Instagram and we'll be sure to connect.